commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Chris Combat, and you're listening to Cold World News, your holiday news show's in-depth coverage for the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now, for your news segment rundown, March 5th, 2021. Starlight Beacon Bulletin. Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. And now, for your host, Ben Gretletum, to discuss all the latest comics. All right, thanks very much, Grex. Uh, this week we have two flavors of comics going on in two different eras. Um, we had a lot to catch up on in both places, uh, but it'll be a fun journey through okay. this medium. Uh, so we're going to start off first here with Starlight Beacon Bulletin um, and get into the higher public, which has been so fun uh, for so many episodes. And it's great to be in this world. And we're with each new thing that comes down the line, we're learning more and more uh, about the old the high republic and um and the challenges that they faced and all the characters and all the funness um so why don't we start off with uh high republic number three um which is the uh marvel comic yeah Um, we have uh yeah we left them in some distress uh crash landed on a pan uh planet and we have the uh the twins they uh, Sarah okay. and Tarek have been separated and one is in a tough place. They're both in a bad place, actually. Yeah. Um, but uh, they've, I don't know, they're they are in a bad way. What do you, you guys well, think well, about this comic? I think it's important to know that they, they share the same mind. That's said yeah. quite a bit um, in yeah. the series. So it's important to know that. And that, that plays in the storytelling in this issue in a big way. And yeah. I think the last issue... Sarah went missing. Was it Tarek yes. or Sarah that went missing? Sarah, obviously. Yeah. You, you couldn't tell by looking at him. Yeah, come on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Sarah went missing. Tarek. That's weird because I would say Sarah and Tarek, but anyway, Tarek is the one that they have, and I love how much you don't see what's happening with Sarah until about what about halfway through the issue. But you're just watching his brother deteriorate throughout the episode. So you're just, yeah. it's such a great way to build that suspense of just like, well, things are clearly not going well for the other twin. Right, yeah, right. So we know like aboard the attract, is it the Atraxia that's a, yeah. above the planet? That's the, the flagship they're on? That's what I thought. I didn't, I don't know if that's it was the one that um, Estelle Maru is. That's their like mothership. Oh, okay. That's the mothership. Right. They're, they're on the scout mission, they're still on that. The, the the abandoned ship that they found in space. Yeah. Right. I think they had an array. I don't know if they brought a long beam or something. No, no. That's uh no, they're on the Atraxia. Oh, oh they, they are. are okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. And so, so yeah. there is okay. that where Tarek is basically losing his mind. So in yeah. this issue, Tarek is now just losing it because his brother is in imminent danger um in these kind of burrowed holes underneath the planet of uh is it is it Trimont? Is that the Trimont four? Is that the oh, no, that's that's newer that's the other issue. We'll get into that next. <laughs> uh, this planet is Sendry. Is this Sendry Mine Sendry Minor, I think, the 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 planet we're on in this issue. I think so. That sounds right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, Sendry Minor. Yeah, so there we know that there we know the other brother's gone missing and that he's, you know, obviously underground. And, and then we're following Keeve Trennis in this issue, who I'm starting to love this character. I think yeah. this character is just so well written. Um, shout out to Kevin Scott 
um, for, for this character in particular, because it's just it's so beautiful. She says to that, the kid in the cave, especially when I uh, hit the, the friend passes away and then mm-hmm. she's just trying to almost preserve life. It's almost like it felt like Plue Coon in like the early Clone Wars episodes yeah. where he's just trying to preserve like clone trooper lives. And it just felt like preserving life is so important to the Jedi. And I think that's I would love to see more of that like, expounded on in the films and things like that. Cause that's, it's so cool when you see that that flavor yeah. of Star Wars. Yeah, and I love this. We get this newly. She's uh, ever since what issue one. She's a she's newly knighted, and that plays out that character, right? It's not that yeah. like in a Jedi, you're suddenly a Jedi knight and you know all the answers to everything, right? She's she's she, there's so many times throughout the issue, she's trying to remind herself, you know, her Jedi teachings, which I appreciate. Yeah, Keith Trennis is great, and I I think this cross cuts through all the new High Republic stuff. The young characters are generally our point of view for most of the novels or the comics and they're very likable and relatable characters and then you've got the older generation that's just absolutely losing their minds uh, <laughs> yeah which is it, awesome as well yeah that's it's great so incredible. in this little like cadre or ensemble like we have keeve chasing after Sarah, and obviously uh their other is Tarek, and um but then you have skier who's just like in the dark like in the grasp of the dark side for some reason he's just like angry dad like trandoshan on the spaceship which is kind of scary to think about with his baby arm and then um (laughs) and then avar chris on the ground though keeping things level and i she she, yeah arthurian whatever she's awesome she's a fantastic character she's one of the few uh that are keeping their heads of the generation yeah, it's nice to have those characters around, right? Because so many Jedi Knight in so many different mediums are dealing with this trauma. And I appreciate that. I think it's good storytelling, but you need someone. At least you need someone there as a rock. Yeah. And yeah, she she checks Skier in this issue. Yeah. Especially when he's, you know, um, basically having that verbal back and forth with Tarek, who's losing his mind because his brother is in danger because Skier is the one who lost him in the first place. And he's furious with Skier for losing track of his brother. And we know yeah. Skier was already, I think, being affected by the Shroud of the Dark Side, I think, in the last issue. And having yeah, even... visions. Because Jorah Mali, even in the book, The Light of the Jedi, obviously, the Battle of Kerr, and even before them, Hetzel Prime, everything's been kind of knocked off balance. And yeah. Skier has really been hit hard. Yeah, definitely. It was even in the last uh, couple of episodes. That was set up as he just started slaughtering Nile. Yeah. Um, yeah. And having which, like screaming, which is like, well, why wouldn't you? But yeah. 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 And then scream in <laughs> interspersed screaming bits. It's just, you know, typical adult stuff. Um, yeah. So we, so they've, I mean, this is the third episode and I, I think they've done a really good job revealing the monster where they're taking their time with it. And yeah, uh, it ended up being the Drenger, um, the Dren gear in this um in this episode um in this issue but um you know they did a really nice i think we're learning more about that adversary than we did from um the last book we read there um yeah the into uh, the dark into, by into the dark. claudia gray, claudia gray which yeah. which is interesting because i didn't necessarily see this coming i mean i feel like i should have but it was unclear i knew the drengier they had you know on the launch of the high republic they had talked about this new threat but the Into the Dark book was told in such a good standalone fashion 
that I wasn't sure that we would necessarily see them again or in what capacity, right? But they're clearly yeah. marking them out to be next to the Nile, the big bad of this series, right? Like they, they're they now in the book. They're going to be in some of the follow-up books in in this uh in this uh, in this comic as well, so I'm I'm really excited that they're that we're gonna see more of these these creatures because they're fascinating. Yeah, and I would say there's a third big bad in there too that they're developing, and it is the dark side itself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and it yeah. may manifest itself within the Jedi ranks or um, in other ways. And it seems like the the Dren, Drengir, I'll just keep calling him that until one of you yeah. correct. Um, it, they seem to have. Some like they they like sweat the dark side or something like they have a dark side connection. Yeah, I didn't really they understand. Like they, they had pores that came out. Like they, they, oh, it was spores too. Spores yeah. like dark side spores or something. It's really yeah unclear but interesting. Yeah, yeah. Ter- terrifying. It also seems like I I didn't I knew there were hints that they had like they could speak to you, and they they they're speaking plants essentially. They like they. And they're almost like it's almost a cerebral, like a, telep- a telepathic kind of quality to these plants. And they they even like take over, I think. Yeah. They, well, obviously, the big reveal in this issue is that they can possess. Oh, people. yeah. Right. Right. And they can possess yeah, yeah. Jedi with no problem. And that's yeah. that's pretty terrifying. Which is bonkers because we didn't see that in Into the Dark at all. I mean, they they gave medicine to they like hand fed medicine um to that one J- young jedi but um there is the big the lead dranger that talks about the past and people coming and things like that and obviously you, it seems like they've devoured people but it it may they may have also possessed people you know yeah it's, i mean they definitely did it in this comic but it's like a whole like quantum difference between what we'd seen so far yeah totally it's it definitely up to the ante they're definitely more imposing after this issue yeah, uh, and especially because you know, at the end of this issue, we see Skier. Obviously, first of all, Avar Chris comes to the rescue. Yeah, yeah. in a huge way, comes down and just cuts that Drenger in half. That's yeah. basically terrorizing Keeve. Um, and that that was that was a pretty awesome moment, and I could just you know that felt very cinematic, um, action packed, really yeah. cool stuff. But then to see Skier at the end there was pretty heart stopping i was like wow this is mm-hmm. we're gonna now have a we're now we're now gonna have a possessed jedi and it looks like there's like three or four drink i was gonna say him. i was like this yeah. is like a this is gonna be a tough battle right but we have th- don't we have three p- uh, possessed jedi now at the end of this because we have both we have the twins plus skier oh right they're outnumbered and, <laughs> yeah there's only avar chris and uh yeah and so that's that's gonna be interesting yeah, and Hut Space, they're in a tight spot. That'd be a great duo, though, to take people on. They've our Chris yeah. and um, Keith Trennis. They could, uh, they could. I bet Elzar Man shows up. Yeah. In three. Maybe. You think Chris calls her. Um, or Estella Maru. Yeah. I mean, Estella Maru's in this issue, and I love that character. That character is yeah. quickly becoming my favorite character of well, the High Republic era. So, since we said Hut Space and Estella Maru, let's talk about a Hut dissection for a second. Yes. A yeah, a Hut autopsy. Hut autopsy. Yeah. A Hut autopsy. Autopsy. <laughs> I don't really have much to say. I just needed to point it out that there was a Hut autopsy happening in the background of this comic. Yeah. And it's. <laughs> 
going as you would think, or as usual, I think, as Stalaru yeah. says. She's like, nothing out of the ordinary for, you know, <laughs> the, 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 you know, dissection of a hut. We're yeah. seeing all the, you know, the innards, uh, mostly blubber and, you know, snail parts. But yeah. um, there's also something else going on here, which I think is interesting. As looking, oh, Bartol, I think, is the uh, the name of that little boy, little kid oh, that sure, yeah. uh, uh, that she's, yeah, that she's following around. And I think that's an interesting point because I was kind of watching this going, what is up with this kid, right? Is this like, is this a, I've, I've watched too many like horror movies and ghost movies where I'm like, yeah, I thought that kid was possessed by the Drenger. I thought right? he was like a, I thought he was like a child of the corn or something like that. Yeah. I was definitely worried about <laughs> that kid and, but, and the, 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 um, yeah. I was worried about the uh, the other kid too. Yeah, taken out. But I think what we're kind of being told or shown by that kid is that like just the 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 Jedi are this beacon of hope, right? So this kid just fully trusts, right? Like just yeah. jumps into a hole, knowing that a Jedi is there to save him, right? Like not even thinking. Like that's such a metaphor for where the where the galaxy is at right now with the Jedi is that they're just seen as these, you know, amazing peacekeepers and able to save everyone. Yeah, maybe to a fault. <laughs> maybe yeah, like, yeah, from a place of ignorance, but at least at least they're getting good press. Yeah. Um, Rad. Anything else you want to talk about on this episode? I mean, I think we we pretty much got through it. Any yeah. predictions for the next where this is going to go? With skiers, skiers. I mean, Avar Chris could easily take down Skier and these Drengar. I think because I I trust in Avar Chris. I think she's the, right. the answer and the truth. Yeah. For the for definitely this order, um, but Elzar Man's around her quite a bit in the Light of the Jedi, so it just seems in, you know on brand for maybe a couple other Jedi. Maybe it's Elzar Man, and maybe it's another you know someone else, Stellan yeah. Geos, or didn't Elzar Man maybe Bur Yaga? I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> Yaga Yaga Berry Yaga Berry <laughs> Yaga shows up. Maybe. I you know I I think they're not going to have that much trouble because as much as they're possessed they're they're possessed by plants I don't think they're going to be the best adept fighters right they just seem a little zombified maybe yeah but but Skier was already been as you mentioned slipping into darkness before being possessed by the dark side so I don't see him coming out of this yeah, anytime soon anytime soon or or even if he does come out of it is he not maybe maybe this is enough to tip him right so I don't know if this doesn't turn into a a bigger battle between the two of them. Once he's, even if he's shaken off the Drenger, Drenger possession, he's probably still going to be a danger. Yeah. You are. Or she could save him in the next issue and they should just jump aboard the attraction and get out of there. Maybe, but he's That's... wrestling demons. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I, I'm not sure. I think you go either way. I, it, I don't, they could stay on that planet for a minute or they could just blow out and report what they saw. I kind of, I'm, sort of ready for them to get onto a new adventure and tie it into the huts and get involved in some hut stuff. Yeah. That would be fun. See some, some of, uh, great grandparents of, uh, Jabba and whatnot. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Well, why don't we, uh, move on to the high Republic adventure, uh, number two, then this is our second edition of this comic. Pretty cool. And we yeah. uh, meet uh, it's Yoda and the younglings are on a planet that's about to be destroyed or explode or something. And the Nile, they're in battle with the, the Nile right now. Actually, Martian Rowe on the scene conducting. Yeah. yeah. Wait, is this Martian Rowe? Because we had this yes. conversation last week. Yes. 100% Martian Rowe. 
Yeah. It is confirmed. Where is the dialogue where this is confirmed? Are we sure? Pretty sure. He looks like Mark Janro. Yeah, it looks like it, and that's all the the write-ups have mentioned him being in these issues. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they name him in uh, the first uh, uh, issue. Um, But they are locked in warfare here, but um, our key um, protagonists, there's of which there's three. Um, there's two locals, one who's hiding her force ability. I think it's a great plot device that like the force is taboo on this planet. Like you're yeah. not allowed to use right, the force yeah. to have it. You're like shunned or killed or something. You're exiled. Um, I think if you use the force on this planet and right. the, the Baron or the administrator is basically like, it's 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 brought to his attention that Zine, this character who's hi- right. been hiding her force ability, used the force, and then the Nile they use that as leverage in their kind of like their 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 negotiations. Yeah, yeah, but it's she's she's like Star Killer powerful. She like catches a ship, you know, and like and yeah, uh, with the, with you know ends up getting a little help, but she's super powerful. So I'm oh, excited yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. She has her the species small... is super cool looking too. I was yeah. like, wow, this is a great. I mean, her and Farzala are some of the coolest characters I've seen in Star Wars. Yeah, totally. Time. Yep. Uh, so she has her companion, and then um, we have the um, uh, Lula Talison, yep. who is the um, young Jedi who's our POV for a lot of the time, and yeah. She's super talented and trying to figure out how to find her way, trying to find her place in her role. Um, this is a younger reader thing, but um, there's only certain moments where that sparkles through, but it's still yeah. a really entertaining uh, story and it's very Star Wars. So that's fun. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely right. reads young, but but a, a good plot continuation of what's kind of what we're seeing here. And and um there's a lot of comedy throughout and i'll give you one example of a line i never thought would have ever been said by yoda which is oh cham cham oh yeah cham cham cham. i'm just trying to hear that creature for listeners (laughs) who don't know what a cham cham is it's basically yeah i I can't i mean be like i I would say a bat is the closest thing i can yeah it's a bat bat the size of i don't know a chihuahua yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Oh, uh, cham, cham. No, I do love the Yoda we get in this issue. Yeah. And I do love what we get with Master Buck, uh, Buckets of Blood, in this yeah. issue, too. And, I mean, saying this is for young readers is one thing, but I feel like in this issue, it, it, it's this is the big character spotlight moment for a character named Buckets of Blood. And he yeah. basically is like, no, no, no. I, it's it's about keeping the blood inside the body. I'm here to heal <laughs> yeah. people. He specializes yeah. in healing and first yeah. aid. That's what he specializes, specializes in. And people are like, oh, they're like finally getting it. And even, you know, us, the readers, we're finally understanding. That, like, oh, yeah, this is, yeah, this character is like all good. This character is just trying to heal people. He's imposing at first. He's like an eight foot like, Chagrian. It's like all, yeah. Right? <laughs> and you're like, yeah. expect, you know, you see him and Yoda come out. You're not looking at the little green guy. You're like, right. No, the fighter is definitely the big blue dude. Yeah. Uh, but that's, he's a, he's a healer. Um, and that likes to refer to himself in the third person. And who wouldn't if your name was Buckets of Blood? Right. Right. And so they're fighting a bunch of Nile and they're basically pushing the Nile back to escape the planet. And then the Nile are also leaving. And there's kind of this this parting of ways in this issue, um, especially with Zine and I want to say his name's Crick. Is that his name? Yeah. 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 Crick. Yeah. Crick. Yeah. 
Cricks, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Zine and, and Cricks are were kind of these these friends on this planet, uh, Trimont Four, before the Jedi arrived. And then she uses the Force, and he feels a little betrayed by her because she never told him that she had the Force, right? She was Force sensitive. And then he's going off with the Nile, and she's going off with the Jedi. And what's great, I do love the line that Yoda has in this, where he says, you know, only those who wish to be rescued are we able to save. Yeah, and I think that could be used to great effect in a film at some point. Or, you know, like it's just a really powerful line that's just about, of course, they were peacekeepers, you know, in the galaxy, and they, they rescued many people. But, like, you have to be, you have to, you know, want to be saved and want to, want to do better and want to embrace you know yeah. peace to actually be safe and the nile want are the complete inverse right they're just chaos yeah and we're going to see both those stories which is what i like about the the way the story is unfolding is you have one going with the jedi to see the path of the jedi and you have the other kid going with the nile so we're going to get that we're going to get that story right what it's like to be with the nile what it's like to be raised in the nile and become part of that so, so cool. I'm excited so for that. Cool. Yeah. Great setup. Almost like a perfect yeah. movie setup, honestly. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, it's kind of like, what was that? Was that Claudia Gray's other novel? Was that Lost Stars, right? They had right. the, Lost Stars. Yeah. Had the, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Very similar. Um, and there was a little last issue. Uh, they had the galactic data file about the, uh, you mm. know, that little like insert with the uh, map that we used for our, for our, uh, <laughs> Our pillars episode. This one shows us uh, what a Nile spider cruiser looks like. It looks like, like a spider. It looks like a spider. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Not quite uh, sure how that I mean, works. But... Is it the most like proficient way of getting around? Why would you not just use a speeder or a transport? I have like because it... it doesn't Why strike don't... fear <laughs> to the heart of your of your enemies. Yeah, especially enemies that really don't like spiders. Yeah. They're just um, huge it's very... fans of Wild Wild West. Like they just—that's the only oh, no. you know, film that they can get. Oh, oh, oh no! <laughs> I'm sure that's what they were thinking about. They were like, you know what? Wild Wild West really had some nuggets of greatness in it. Oh, <laughs> oh man! But they also show the Starhopper off in this. this yeah. File. yeah, yeah, yeah. Super... This looks like something out of Battlestar. Honestly, it it like, does. Yeah. It's very. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? It's the like, yeah, it's the Jedi school bus, pretty much. Jedi short bus. I don't know. They, That's the Disney but, Plus series, Ben. Don't tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Starhopper. I thought they might uh, go for a different name. Like, a, I mean, I guess it's, is that the type? It's it's a Starhopper type or? I, think, I feel like it should, yeah. they should give it a name, you know, like the course. Jedi Academy Cruiser? Jedi Academic Cruiser, sorry. Yeah, uh, it doesn't really. No, it's the name. bus. It's just yeah. It's weird, right? Like it's right. the flying school. You think it would like schools have names? Mm-hmm. Like it, you Wait, know, it, like, it has a crew of eighteen people. Apparently, it only yeah. holds eighteen people. Yeah, so it's not huge. It's like a bus essentially. Yeah, the yeah. the spider only wrong. holds twenty. There's a crew of twenty with two two of which are pilots. These are really inefficient vehicles. These people are using. Yeah. Did you see it flying through space? It kind of tucks in its legs, but it's still yeah. got like six legs on it. But like, can I ask it's like, a question? I want to be more aerodynamic. What if it's like a tick. In, wait, wait, wait. Aerodynamic in space. Right, right. Where yeah. you don't need, which is why I'm always like, let's let's talk about locking S-foils into attack position. But whatever, we'll move past that. Yeah. Um, it's all about propulsion and ball bearings these days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe to get out of atmosphere. I don't know. Anywho. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, in and out of the atmosphere. I, I'll give you that. <laughs> science. It's science. Adam. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I love this. Um, I, yeah, I kind of felt like, I don't know. I was just thinking about the whole not it's the stigma against using the force. And I'm just wondering if they're like, I don't know, trying to tell kids like it's, you know, it's OK to have gifts and show off that you're smart or do something well or whatever. Like, I don't know. I'm always wondering what sort of like hidden messages they're trying to hide in here. But um, yeah, it's a fun story and they're they're good characters. Yeah. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's 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 uh, moves at a good pace. And like, that's the thing, right? Like we're talking about the High Republic Marvel and be like, yeah, can we get off this planet and go somewhere else? Not that we're disliking it, but we kind of like these these, you know, star hopping uh, stories. And we're only in this. We only just finished the second episode of the idw one and we're we're out of this planet we're gone yeah right we're going somewhere else the kid the the jedi are going to starlight beacon so we'll get we'll get some action starlight beacon and who know where the nile might go to no space hopefully will this be our yeah. first uh visual representation of no space can't wait i really want to yeah. see that. that'll be awesome because we've heard i mean the descriptions of no space in light of the jedi are yeah. incredible it's like just sounds like a party 24 <laughs> 7 in the just, middle of nowhere just a rave everyone has uh it, it's it is it's there's zion vibes right yeah. like a tiny it's bit totally it does actually yeah i totally yeah i haven't thought about zion in a long Minute. time yeah, yeah. It's but it's the opposite movies. of zion nor should it's in, like, you open I space. Right. <laughs> yeah. but yeah mm. well uh cool why don't we uh move on to the rest of the comics all right we got some comics to finally talk about like we haven't been talking about them all night so far but uh kyber crystal comics corner we have three issues for a while there the release schedule is pretty regular which is nice because we were getting four at a time but things are a little off now with the high republic and also they're doing that war of the bounty hunters crossover event that i think starts in may so they're uh, they're kind of soft pedaling some and rushing some others out to make sure everything lines up, um, which if anyone ever has read crossover events in other comic book uh, history, it's you're used to that kind of issues disappearing for a month and coming back and then things coming out week to week. But uh, so all that saying that we only have three this time. We have uh, Darth Vader number 10, Star Wars number 11 and Bounty Hunters number nine to cover. So uh, I don't know. Let's start with Bounty Hunters. Uh, ben, you want to take this one? Sure. Bounty Hunters. Can't wait. We're back again here. Uh, so this is number nine, the Terminus Gauntlet, part two, Squadron of One. Uh, Ethan Sachs is the writer. Paolo Villanelli is the artist. Uh, Arif Prianto is the colorist. And VC's Travis Lanham is the letterer. Um, and yeah, Mattia de... Oh, man. Ailis? I-U-L-I-S? Eulis, Eulis, yeah, I, yeah. There you go. Am I already yeah. seeing double? That's that's earlier than usual. All right. Um, yeah. So in this episode, Bylard Balance is taken up with the rebellion as a favor to his ex girlfriend. Uh, fights off the Empire while pursued by Dengar and doesn't use his hand blasters once. Yeah. 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 Which is which is exciting. It was different. It was actually different this time. He didn't. You know, he didn't actually come in contact with another bounty hunter. Yeah. Um, though they they were asunder, which is yeah. interesting so, because the comics called Bounty Hunters. I yeah. So I wrote a really quick one that I realized started to unlock the code 
for Valance for me in a way that I'm like, oh, this explains why I'm not loving this. And this is uh, Valance crash lands his way onto the ship he's supposed to rescue and then commences lucking his way into a position to complete said task. <laughs> and and that's the thing is I feel like reading Valance, I realize he's just he's I don't know. He's has luck of the force. Like he's just constantly lucking his way into positions where he just happens to be imprisoned and the person watching him happens to have sympathies towards him. And like happens, have the exact same origin story as him. Right. So it's just like happens and happens. Things just accidentally happen around him. It's guided like it's, by the force, man. It's Deus Ex Machina in every single episode issue of this thing. Anyway. Maybe that's his thing, I guess. Yeah. Sure. I did wait. So earlier in these comics with Valance, don't it, it, we I think we get a character that returns Tonga like for I think yeah. it, earlier this character had died maybe in one of the issues and then comes back. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, I did. I skipped right over that. That was a pretty I don't crazy know who those two characters are. I don't. I Unless... barely know who they are, but I feel like one of them disappeared in one issue and then is now back. They found her on light support. Um, and then the other yeah. one's name was something funny. It sounded like someone else's name, but it was yeah, purple hair, etc. Uh, yeah, I that lost me completely. I don't oh, know. Who good. So it's not just me. I'm completely lost, but I remember that character because remember when they were going after Nakano Lash? I think one of the characters like was killed yeah. or something. And Her name is Losha Tarkon, and she's got a sweet pink mohawk. Uh, my wife Tianga disappears, and then you, a stranger, send a cryptic message. Don't know who this. Something to do with Nakano. Well, I I'm here. So, talk. Did Nakano Lash kill her? So I guess maybe she was roadkill for Nakano. Nakano Lash. It was there. She, I think he was part there. She was part of the crew. She was part of um, Valance's crew in the first few yeah, ep- issues so of the series. I yeah. Think, yeah, I that's what I recall that. And she yeah, had a brother like way back, right? Yeah, she had a brother who's <laughs> who was Tongor. That's oh, right. That's right. Tonga yeah. and Tonga. And they were all they were all I'm sort of totally not having using the, Wikipedia right now. They all have the they're all feeling the grief of losing her, you know, throughout that I think the beginning of those comics. And then now yeah. she's back in this one. So that was a pretty cool reveal, honestly. And then cool to see that they're on Rusan. Like that planet is historic. <laughs> yeah. In like the legacy comics. Uh oh that's, yeah, you, yeah, that's right. Rusan guys have read, yeah. Like yeah, it's Rusan, so huge. And that was that yeah, dude, pretty cool. Speaking of huge, his like pet cat is like humongous and friendly, apparently. That was my favorite takeaway from that scene. Rusan's cool, but again, I don't know who this old guy is. I don't know why he has a giant cat. And um I don't and I, I really don't right. know I have no idea <laughs> what not... their what their like narrative cat. Yeah. I'm not good at reading this comic. From... Because like I, know, uh, I was so, thinking, like if I read it the whole way through front to back every time, or like maybe just once to catch up on it, like would it make more sense? It probably would. I don't know if it would be rewarding though. Um, so like, I, it's just funny because I feel like the other Star Wars comic books I read at a slower pace than most of my comic reading. I read a lot of comics every every week, and so I tend to read it pretty quickly. Like I read some of them pretty quickly, just be like, okay, I got to read this issue, and the Star Wars. A, because we're talking about it on the show, and B, because it's like my first love, I tend to slow down. And every time I start a Bounty Hunters, I'm like, all right, so I'm really going to, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to enjoy panels. 
And about a third of the way through, I find myself just going and done. And I'm like, I don't remember what happened. And then they're retelling things like we already saw. Right. It opens up with Valance's origin story, which we saw most of this already in the Imperial flashback in the beginning. You get you get a Han yeah. Solo in the I, beginning of this. Episode. I was worried I was reading the previous episode because it starts the same way as the last episode at almost the exact same time period. Right. But this is from the Han Solo Imperial Cadet series. Right. And and I think they literally I don't think oh, they like lifted it. It's I it seemed very familiar to me that I remember this. And I think maybe they told it from the other position, which is maybe interesting, like they told it from Han's side, which is actually kind of yeah. fun. But like I'm like, all right. So now the way I remember pages. it in that series though was like it was further along. Like, um, what's his name was totaled. Um, the balance. Uh, balance was like totaled after that thing. Like he was, yeah. you know, it's like a quadriplegic after the crash, which is like he lost an eye this time, but it was, but it was like the exact same story happened this time. So again, so Han left again to go get him back because I remember. Right. I don't know. Right, yeah. exactly. They they disobeyed twice to save his uh, Valance's butt, which is like, yeah, that's what I want in a hero. Yeah. Also, Dengar's <laughs> oh, here. Yeah, Dengar is out to get Valance, and I'm here for it. Like, I just want that confrontation. And at this point, I want Dengar to win. <laughs> I'm in. That's what I mean. We already uh, know that Dengar is one and zero against uh, against Valance. He's got, so he's coming he's in. The only hunter who's bested him before. Yeah. He'll best him again. Uh, yeah, so actually, yeah, we saw him. We he's actually lying because I think we saw that issue where he he thinks he has the upper hand, but then I think Valance easily uh, uh, overtakes him. I think in that issue, I forget which one that was. All right, so like, uh, so the scene where Dengar is uh, not Dengar, where uh, <laughs> I, I was angry at a character, so I assumed it was Dengar, where yeah. uh, where Valance is being held captive, right? <laughs> yeah. It's literally four panels of him talking to a person and She's then like, that cool. person just cool. Just turn off the thing. I that what is it? like a either then don't do that because why are you wasting my time or that should be a more drawn out thing. And you have also in this issue, there are so many other things happening in this issue that you could be cutting back and forth to where you don't need to get Dengar in a cell and then two pages later, get him out of the cell for whatever freaking reason you're doing that. Just keep him in there for an issue, have it more interesting, him actually connect with this person, and then tell the other interesting side stories, right? All this other stuff could be happening with Dengar and with the and with Tanaka and and with you know other people. Yeah. We get to see a Valance in an X Wing showing off some of his flying chops. That was pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. I mean that's what I got. That's what I got here, okay? And then at the end, we see him climbing up the outside of a spaceship with a giant gun in like a really funny jumpsuit that he wears all the time. Yeah. And that's it. That's the uh, that's that's Bounty Hunters uh, number nine. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for the next issue. guys. I'm it's going to be awesome because that's when Dengar is going to, you know, pepper him with uh thermal I did see a cover i did see a cover where it's like dengar v valance and i'm yeah I'm ready i'm ready i'm ready for this to yeah take off. dengar's got him right in his sights this is over for valance i can feel it and then we're just going to talk about cool bounty hunters for the rest of the time yeah meaning that, any other bounty the hunters, big like dirt valance. nap 
The long dirt the nap. Long, he's going to, yeah. He's handing out dirt naps. The long and, nap. And, and balance. It's balance this time. And, yeah, it'll be great. Sure. Uh, all right. Well, now that we have that out of the way, things are looking up. Let's talk about Star Wars number 11. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to no, no, no. do the Vader we're, breathing. The Vader breathing. Oh, no. That's, that's, we're ending on the highest of high notes uh, this week. <laughs> yes. But uh, Star Wars 11 is also very Straight good. fire this week. Uh, Quite good. Quite yeah, good. Yeah. Operation Starlight Part 3, The Last Hope by Sewell, uh, Bazuda, Rosenberg, Cowles, uh, Pragulam, uh, Paz, and... What was that second and what was the third name that you said? Don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I, I am. I, I am. Accent on the second. Sold. I am struggling through. <laughs> struggling through vaccine. We have done great now. violence to, uh, to these. Their names. These yeah. I, names. Yes. I apologize. I also am reading it in Star Wars font on my computer. So that does not help <laughs> at all either. All right, translating so Arabic right now, like in real time. <laughs> exactly, that's exactly what I'm doing. So it's pretty. I will. I will. It will be that. the same for me going forward as well. So I apologize in advance. No, no. I I have those things where I'm like, they. I think. Oh nope, they're definitely not going to let me get away with yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> so let me try to read my short summary. This is going to go poorly. Uh, while the newly formed Starlight Squadron attempts to break out, break out of the grasp of Tarkin's will, Leia and 3PO gamble with Lobot's life against Lando's wishes to keep up communication with the doomed pilots. Said pilots escape, but are forced to leave one of their own behind. Meanwhile, Lando learns a valuable lesson. The Rebellion is not going to watch out for his best interests. This is a great uh, uh, episode. I really like, like, they really have the spirit of, like, Return of the Jedi, like, episode, uh, or Empire Strikes Back in this writing. It's, and, and yeah. like, the mood and the characters, and, like, I could see this on the big screen as, like, an outtake totally. or something. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a so... perfect build to Return of the Jedi. And yeah. It is. The, and the, I love the what they're doing. The feeling of the fleet, you know, the rebel fleet working to gather yeah. intel and regroup. And I love what they're doing with Lando in this, right? Because it's yeah, not this clear, like, we don't just get him, like, at the end of episode five, where it's just like, oh, I just betrayed him, and now I stole, like, Han's clothes, and I'm on board to be the hero, right? Like, it's just like, right. no, it's, there's a path, there's a journey for this character still to have. Right. But and there's also some foreshadowing to the Rise of Skywalker with, um, oh yeah, I guess, even The Last Jedi or the sequel trilogy in general, where he tells Lobot, they don't care about us. Yeah. And there, it's it's as if the rebel, the, the rebellion is so driven to defeat the empire that you know anyone who's been taken aboard, who's not a diehard for the cause, is ex, is is not included. It's kind of this exclusive. There's an exclusivity yeah. to being a rebel soldier, and being in the rebellion, and they're keeping. You know, they're definitely, I think, keeping Lando out, and then he's slowly kind of joining. Yeah, well, it's also like Leia is is eyes on the prize, right? Like. She is fully willing to sacrifice Lobot's life through this whole thing. It's yeah. it's it's only luck at the end that he doesn't die, really. Right? This is, like, I think, my favorite Leia we've ever had in yeah. the comic for a long time. I mean, yeah. for the I, Stools, I know Stools has been handling the main run for a little bit now, but um, I just this this issue felt extremely important, a great companion piece to the sequel trilogy and General yeah. Leia. 
um, if you want to see kind of where she starts with her, I guess, military tactics and, and all that kind of stuff and really just becoming, I don't know, more just more involved with the war effort. Like this is, yeah, this was really, really cool to see her take charge in this last scene. I think the, she ends this comic so strong. Yeah. Like the, the end of this comic blew my mind. I was like, oh, wow, this is the Leia I've always wanted to see where she's taking charge, gathering as much intel as possible and just stacking the deck against the Empire in every instance. And it was like, oh, I can't wait to see more of this. Like, this is exactly the Leia yeah. I'm looking for. And she also like made like really tough leadership choices, you know, which we don't get to see her do that very much. Like she's always just making the right decision all the time or, you know, pulling off some mad gambit or whatever. And but it's like this is like she's making actual like real leadership choices that are going to shape her decisions later on down the line yeah. and figure out like what's really important. Like you said, it, it is a good precursor to the sequels. Yeah, nothing she did saved Lobot's life. And I think that's an important takeaway. Like, yeah. This could have just as easily ended with Lobot's death and none of her decisions would have been different, right? Like this just, he just happened to survive this. And what I, what I like about that is to kind of think about if we remove ourselves from the Lando, we know if, if we think about this in continuity, Leia met this person not that long ago. He sold out the rebellion. He seems to be turning a new leaf now, but they don't owe Lando anything, right? Like Lando has not done enough to yeah. prove that he's one with this rebellion. So, so not that not that she wouldn't have to make the decision, even if it was someone who was. But like, it's just that interesting part of like they don't have this relationship yet that we see even in Episode Six. Also, yeah. well, I mean, Han is still missing, right? Yeah, yeah. Han is. Yeah, we, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the big thing that I'm kind of. It, there's another thing where I kind of have to analyze motivations now and again when I look at Star Wars and I'm like, no, just now and again. How? Yeah, just yeah. I mean, just every instance, every t every time I read <laughs> anything or watch anything, I have to be like, why is this person doing this? But that's, um, a, that's a writer watching I, it. Watching it's a just movie. I. It's I'm wondering why Leia isn't just trying to get Han back right now at the same time and and like maybe going into the seedy underbelly of the of the Nar Shadda and these these bounty hunter worlds too take on that the bot the bow shalea because you know she's accepted that things are bigger than han right now i mean han is yeah not, no i see that yeah see that which i love which is so hard right because like here's the weird thing too if luke was the one who was in carbonite she would be going after luke and not because of love necessarily but because luke is more important to the rebellion than han mm -hmm. is true that's very interesting. Wow, last, that's an interesting else worlds or like yeah, you know, your last yeah. Jedi Knight, your only Jedi Knight is in Carbonite. You go get him, but this one smuggler who kind of is somewhat in the rebellion and keeps coming and going from the rebellion. Yes, I love him, but why we gotta win a war here? Yeah, he did come in clutch. Uh, he got rewarded a medal though. I mean, yeah, I and then, get him back. and then was like on his way out at the end of at the beginning of Episode Five. Think about Episode Five. He does nothing. He does nothing in that thing for the rebellion. Yeah. He did five. drag Leia into like, you know, the belly of uh, you know, yeah. um, that slug in the Minox. And then brings her and then brings her directly to an untrustworthy friend. Exactly. He's, he's doing his best though. It's better than Charger's her dying true. in a cave. No, it's true. He but again, he wasn't Hank Green on, you know, Hoth for the next <laughs> twenty years. 
like a call. But he wasn't like, but he wasn't doing that for the rebellion's sake, right? He was doing that for Leia, right? And so right. I think that's an important motivation that she's just like, this is why, yes, I love him and need to save him for me, but I can only do that once I've taken care of what's going on in the rebellion, once I have free time, basically. The other thing I was reading this, I realized is when things are looking bad for Lobot, I'm like, in terms of the chronology of Star Wars, we don't know anything in new canon about Lobot past episode five. Nope. So I was reading this going, are they going to straight up kill Lobot? Because they really could. They absolutely yep. could. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's that's the real. I mean, this is a real moody piece. Like there's real emotions going on in this. Thing. Like, I don't, I don't usually feel things when I'm like, you know, reading comics. It's just sort of fun. Yeah swashbuckling yeah yeah it's like oh this is fun it's a blast but like this is there's some real emotion going on here because i also adore lobot he's like one of my favorites yeah um but i think that's why in the last episode they showed that moment of consciousness from lobot to be like no he's still in there so you actually feel something for him in this episode yeah when he's like it's like no that that's a life and actually this is the first time i saw the term hybrid Oh, I wanted to mention that. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. He's a hybrid. That's right. Um, I forgot about which that. is pretty funny. So it's like Android, droid, hybrid um, etymology there. But uh, so wait, yeah, I have a question for you guys. So when I think so, C-3PO is involved with this, the kind of ingest of data about like the Tarkal language and, and mm -hmm. whatever they're trying yeah. to. C-3PO is a boss. In this they're, well, they're, yeah. <laughs> what they're trying to decipher from both the this this uh linguistics droid from the high republic era and then also lobot who's laid right. out um and but i think after that happens i think c3po like disconnects the high republic rope the robot from the, oh uh, dude he yeah. drops the just, mic like, falls on over. him just yeah, like, yeah he's, he's like actually off. you're totally like, outdated yeah. like i said in the first thing <laughs> boop it's just like, like boops his off switch yeah. and he's like on the floor <laughs> c3po yeah. like just stone cold yeah. and now yeah they don't only reason they're doing this is the villain confirmed yeah well no he it, i mean that's Leia. that was the whole plan all along right it was just to do this long enough for 3po to learn the language right to be able yeah. to use this be basically he's the code talker for the entire rebellion going forward yeah, which makes pretty sense cool stuff it's a great yeah great issue yeah. for c3po leia and c3po shine in this yeah. issue i have he say. also has an amazing line which is i am c3po human cyber relations fluent over six million forms of communication plus one nice yeah so good <laughs> um we didn't even talk about starlight squadron and like shara yeah. bay yeah or, or uh, so Dampen. cool how yeah. cool was it when they got trapped in the tra tractor beam? Yeah. Oh, guys, we get some wedge in this is issue. Yeah, we do. That yeah. was a surprise. But the, got some I love when they squadron got squadron name drop. Oh, yeah, there's a rogue squadron name drop. Guys, when that movie comes out, like I, th I think what they realized at Lucasfilm is that you just put a camera in an A wing and just go as fast as possible, and you put that, you know, make that shoot that on IMAX. That yeah. is, that's all well, we want. Think about that. Think about to get, people, to get people to movies now, you need to do stuff like that because the Mandalorian show that you can do Star Wars on the small screen, yeah. pretty damn good. And people don't need to go to a theater. So, yeah, to get people to go to see a Star Wars in a theater, you that's exactly what you need to do. Right. You need to feel like you're on a roller coaster watching this thing. Yeah, that would be fun if they went. Uh, I yeah, felt that in this good. issue, though, with uh, Sheriff yeah. Bay obviously flies an A-wing. 
I love that A wing, by the way. That yeah. Yeah, I'm immediately endeared to that A wing. I think it's all silver, with just that little insignia on the front That's there. Sweet. It's pretty I, cool I looking. An A wing. If I was a pilot, I would be an A wing pilot. <laughs> what about TGS? Quick. You, B uh, wing for me. B wing. I got it. I, I, I love the Y wings. <laughs> all right. We're we're Alphabet Squadron too. Yeah. Which we'll be talking about next week, by yeah. the way. Yeah. yeah definitely. Um Yeah, I loved I just loved when they got trapped in that tractor beam and they're like, should we just try to punch it like brute force out of the tractor? We're like, we can't, we can't get out of it because we just don't have the, the power, the energy to get out of this. And like there's no way. It's just too powerful. And I was like, this felt very cinematic. I was like, I would love a, a scene in a film where like they just try to get away and just like use thrusters, like full power to thrusters. Yeah. yeah. Can't do it, you know, feel the power of that tractor beam. I mean, you kind of see that with the Millennium Falcon in A New Hope, right? They try to get yeah. away, and he's like, well, that's it. But yeah, so yeah. how did they get out of it? They they turned around and, like, went. They're like, oh, you're pulling me towards the ship? We'll fly towards the ship. And then yeah. as they were flying towards yeah, the ship, shot out the something or other, and the shields went down. It was a little unclear, but I think what they did is they 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 punched away from the tractor beam, right? So really straining it to pull them back. Oh, so okay. they're going really, and then really quickly turned around and went flying towards it, right? Oh, like an elastic band or like a slingshot almost. sort of thing. It's that's the that's the trick with uh, that. And then, I mean, their whole mission was to get on board, right? Because they mm-hmm. had the they had the. So I guess then they were just able to get into the hangar bay. Get that droid. They wanted to get that droid. So Leia at the end of this issue is like, yeah, we've deciphered this code. We've got this droid. Like, we've got the upper hand against the Empire. I was like, okay, Leia. Like, I am pumped to see what happens next. Yeah. It's, I want to see what happens also, to Shara Bay. Yeah. So that was the interesting, right? So Shara Bay is the one who's stuck on the on the Star Destroyer, right? So, so here's the thing. We've already lost a member of uh, Starlight Squadron, right? I think it was last issue or the issue before. Sacrificed himself. Was um, he part of that squadron? I thought so. Or he was he was a he was part of a, a group at least. He was a known character. Yeah, yeah. So they're dropping I, like flies. Yeah, though, isn't that isn't that Dameron Poe's mom? Yeah. So he's like, alive. Is so, Poe alive at this point? Wait, I guess who is Kess? Yeah, they say, is they Kess, say like Kess Dameron. Okay. Kess Dameron. Yeah, yeah. Kess Dameron. Yeah. So and that's Kess what is, Kess gets punched by Lando in this issue. And yeah, that was Kess, right? Okay. Yeah. So, so you're right. So Poe's alive at this point, so she could die. Okay. Yeah, right. Shara Bay, they make a point of her telling Luwalo, um, she's like, tell Kess to like kiss Poe for me. Okay, and I missed that. Good. Okay. Not that I'm yeah. not that I'm wishing her dead. I just there's stakes now, right? Because yeah, if Poe's exactly. alive, we don't know what happens to her. I hope she lives because she's a great character, but now I'm now I'm worried when I'm reading the next issue. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. Super cool. I'm not so, heartless. Yeah. Another, <laughs> yeah, another another really good pound for pound Star Wars yeah. edition, and they feel long. Are they longer comics than most comics? Or I don't no, know. I don't think so. I think they're the normal twenty four page, twenty four or thirty yeah page. But they do they do, um, they read somewhat like older comics in terms of there's a lot more dialogue than mm. in some of the comics, which is awesome. Right. Which I think Star Wars should be dialogue heavy. So. I mean, Bounty Hunter reads quick because there are pages that they're just like action pages. Like right, they, they, yeah. they, I was going to say some mean stuff, but I already said what I needed to say about it so we can move on. Said plenty. 
Shall we get on to uh, the the main course here? Yeah. Guys, I've right. been waiting for this all week. <laughs> We've got uh, Vader number 10, Into the Fire, Part 5, The Red Horror. And <laughs> it's exactly that. Voyaging yeah. deeper into the perilous Red Nebula, Vader and Ochi of Bastoon cross paths with a Suma Verminoth with mind-bending powers before being attacked by Imperial starships and uh, and a mysterious Umbaran admiral resulting in a crash landing on Exegol. Pretty phenomenal comic like this. And then the mind-bending aspect of the Suma Verminoth leads to many visions. Like Vader has visions throughout this issue that are astonishing and kind of... um, like um, infinities, alternate history type, like alternate reality type storytelling. Yeah. That's it's mind blowing. Like yeah, this, I mean, this issue again, Sewell just delivering. Uh, no, no, pa- Greg yeah. Pack, sorry, my bad. Yeah. Greg Pack. The Sue and Verminoff variant in this, they they just found a way to canonize Cthulhu, right? It's a it's a tentacle beast that drives people mad. It's Cthulhu. Yeah. It's an old one. And it's a Cthulhu. Each other I mean, like, yeah. yeah, I think that was our last summary, right? It was like uh, Vader meets a Cthulhu. Yeah, it's <laughs> just yeah. a Cthulhu, which I am yeah. on board for. Yeah, amazing. And yeah, I mean, he's really out of the frying pan and into the fire, like mentally, because he has to deal with like the eye of the webbish bog, and then like straight into the super ver- Suma Verminoth. And he's already like, I don't know, it's do it's going. He's like, you know acid trips are really telling a lot about his psyche and he's yeah. having force, you know, flash forwards and flashbacks. And it's really developing this character that doesn't talk much and you can't read anything on his face. Cause he's yep. wearing a mask. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. This is not a character who's going to tell you how he feels, right? He's never going to have, he's never going to have a, like a heart to heart with any character in this. Right. And you know, that's the other part, which I was like, so what? And then you hit it. You just, he has no expression, right? And so they're using these these visions and memories in such a creative way to do character development and and to get his inner fears. They've also done this great slow burn into his relation to Exegol and like why, just to answer the question in Tross, like why he had a, a wayfinder to Exegol in the first place. Right. And it's like, it's like, okay, Ochi of Bastoon, that's weird. We know that guy. And then it's like, oh, I, the Webbish Bog, okay. And then now we're here on Exegol. And it, I mean, or even in between, it was like through red space, which I was like, give me more red space. And I bet somewhere J.J. Abrams is kicking himself being like, I could have made space red. Well, but, he did. Um, I mean, yeah, I he did. I thought he was at the beginning. We of, see uh, this uh, location in the Rise right. of Skywalker. You're right. Yeah, it is, is actually this is the place there. that Kylo flies through. I think we even see this Suma Verminoth, which is a subspecies of the Suma Verminoth that's like supposedly hunts other Suma Verminoth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just makes it, I think, all that deadly. Which is and it, awesome and yeah, metal. It's pretty awesome. It's metal. <laughs> and when you didn't think this comic could get more metal, it does. And so Greg Pack, <laughs> shout out. Like he is just crushing it uh, with these issues. I want to break down the term metal because, like, we keep saying it. But it's accurate. I mean, I, we could go to the musical metal, but literally, <laughs> literally, this is the stuff out of the heavy metal comic book 
that you would have read in the 70s and 80s like like the visualization visualizations on this stuff it's yeah. like literally from he, the heavy metal yeah. comic book it's amazing there's even that like diesel punk kind of cyberpunk uh abandoned reckless abandon aspect of this issue with because because vader's already put himself back together with like super battle droid parts yeah like he's yeah like this he's he's just so meta like he's just it just it does feel like the heavy metal comics from back in the day, or uh, even the movie for that matter. Um, the last page is is Vader <laughs> riding a sumo verma, like that he is like yeah. braked. He's like broken the beast's will. Like, like yeah, I'm a yeah sumo verma yeah, and he's riding it towards. And you see in the background, I'm so loved that you got a shot, a perspective landscape shot of Mexicol. Yeah with that giant monolith in the background. And so you actually see it to scale relative to where everyone was, which I was like, and it seems huge in the rise of Skywalker, but from this perspective atop this Cthulhu, yeah, yeah, it's just tiny. You're just like, Oh, look at that little Lego piece down there. Like it just showed how big Vader was, you know, and just what kind of presence he had where it's like, of course, this is Vader's entrance to Exegol. Of course he's riding the very creature that like Kylo flies past. Uh, but um, I thought that was really, really cool. But I just the dialogue in this issue. I mean, again, Greg Pak, I think, just nails the voice of Vader. I think what Lucasfilm has done really well is kind of handling Vader and, uh, yeah. you know, being very, very, uh, you know, specific uh, with who they choose to take on, you know, writing that character. And I feel like that Greg Pak is doing a superb job. And uh, I love when he kind of, you get that line that that age old motto on uh, the dark side that anger and fear uh the yoda line um and uh vader says you know fear leads to anger anger leads to hate and hate leads to power mm-hmm. and that yeah. was quite possibly the coolest line i've yeah. ever read in comics period just like the twist on that was wild that was insane. I was like, this is an incredible issue for that reason alone. Yeah. It's uh, kind of like him getting back to like why he got into the dark side in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't want to serve anybody. That's not me. <laughs> I want to be like the most powerful being in the world and make do whatever I want. And, and he's like, I think at this point, he's like, I want to, you know, I want to save my son. I mean, it didn't really feel like he was phased by a vision of Luke Skywalker killing him, but we'll see. Yeah, he's, he's clearly not afraid of of the emperor anymore. They sent three star destroyers after him. And by the way, that uh, mysterious Umbaran uh, Luke uh, Admiral is Sly Moore. And yeah, now that I look at her, it's you're you're right. Um, I just remember reading this issue and thinking it was a different character. Um, but now yeah. that I look back at it, yeah, I think you're right. I think yeah, it is, and it makes sense in the timeline, I think, as well, because I think Vader's trying to figure out. Uh, I think this character will be around at this point in the timeline. I think so. We don't know a lot about that character's no, you know. yeah. So, this is the bald female, tall, high, um, collared, collared yeah. uh, character. I'm pretty sure we see her in, um, we see her in the opera scene in, uh, the uh, revenge of the set Um, but we definitely so in in wikipedia confirms it is slime more it's definitely so there's two people that flank i don't do that extra research so i thank you for doing that ben (laughs) because i was like 
Yeah. Like, is Wait, by this the, way, the same person? We're we are an empire at this point. A good amount yeah. of time has passed. Yeah. All right. But we see her. But yeah, Exegol, that seems on brand for her. Exegol and all that stuff. I mean, she's always around Palpatine. I imagine he's like, so, uh, you know, there's this planet. It's just it's at the edge of the galaxy. Uh, just don't let anyone go there. Like, I can totally see him telling her, you know, to protect, keep that stuff secret. Yeah, that's well, his inner circle. He's got so on his right is always Masa Meda. And yeah. then on his left is always Sly Moore in like in the um, in the prequels and in the in well, all through the prequels. Anyways, they're always yeah. like that's his that's his group. And I think actually we see her in um, the throne room in Return of the Jedi as well. That's what I was trying to find a photo of. I thought we did, too, but I couldn't. I didn't I didn't Google. Too no, hard, I don't think but... so. I think I think in the there's there's you see Gallius Rats or something. Footage, there's deleted footage. Or you see Yuptashu, I believe. Oh, Yuptashu. Yeah. Yeah. Yuptashu, I think, is seen. But it's also like, you know, of course they're labeling someone Yuptashu. Like they labeled, I think, a rebel soldier in Return of the Jedi, uh, Rex from Clone Wars. Like, uh, I was, uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They were, I think that was retcon because they're like, oh, it's an old guy in a white beard. And someone was like, hey, look, is it that guy? Yeah. And they were like, yes, it is. So, (laughs) what's way to go, Pablo? I mean, hey, he read the room, and uh, he was like, "Yes, absolutely. That is that's that's Rex, Captain Rex." If we talk about, uh, let's talk about uh, Sly more a little bit. She's a Force adept, according to Wikipedia. Um, So we'd have to read this a little more, but I'm just kind of going through it now. But she had the ability to manipulate the minds of others, right? So, so. What's interesting is if we look at the cover for the next issue, which again, you know, mm. first caveat covers lie, covers lie. We do see Vader standing in front of what I'm guessing are a ton of Sith cultists. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like acolytes or something. But so they all have their red lightsabers activated. Right. So that's really interesting because in episode nine, I was not really assuming they all had lightsabers, but I well, guess why remember not? Palpatine says, I am all the Sith. Maybe this will play into that where it's yeah. like, obviously a lot of what we're seeing here plays into the rise of Skywalker specifically. It's almost fortifying it. Like a lot of these comics come out and they're actually doing a, a lot of heavy lifting in terms of like fortifying the storytelling of the sequel trilogy. I that's, that's just how I read these comics. Yeah. The way, yeah. In terms of just how they're presented. And totally. um, this issue, support. this next issue might play on the fact that Palpatine says I'm all the Sith and Sith and the Sith throne and the sort of the history of Exegol and with the Sith armies that could have passed through there at one point, you know what I mean? And things like that. And that's what you could be seeing here. Cause the Sith cultists didn't seem like the types to wield lightsabers. You know what I mean? Like this might no, be a vision. Yeah. This might yeah. just be more I was wondering vision. if it's another vision because yeah. it does seem weird, but at the end of the day, you know, Palpatine's playing fast and loose with, uh, with the rule of two. <laughs> Right, I guess yeah. have... one. he's only played one game. It's called the rule yeah. of one. I don't. Yeah. I really. I'll never subscribe to the rule of two. I, feel I don't like think. He never I don't think he game. does. No, I think he. Everyone yeah. is there to. Yeah, to. I mean, for and actually, people. episode nine for you know all of its issues, that seems to be his entire plan through all of this. Right, was to find another body to jump into to become that yeah. everlasting Sith. Right, like even if Luke 
became his apprentice, his ultimate plan seemed to be to get into Luke's body. That's yeah, I mean, what I was is, thinking. Yeah. That's what um, Darth Bane did. I mean, that was sort of the the ultimate realization of that the Darth Bane trilogy and the, the whole rule of two. And I mean, so it would connect there um, historically. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it's yeah. I, I hope they stay on Exegol for like another arc. I hope Vader's there for a while and just digs around and learns a bunch of stuff. Like I, I hope he's there for for quite a few episodes. Me right. too. Well, he's there. He's there to learn the Emperor's plan for the galaxy. But all I, as you know, having seen the Rise of Skywalker, I think we know that this is this is simply a part of the cloning aspect of the Emperor, right? Or like, yeah, this is or just, everlasting. He's going to uncover that stuff and ever yeah yeah mortal life like immortality essentially like is that what he's going to uncover here i think so based on that yeah. uh, those short stories about the dark side that were like bedtime stories it's canon but it's like very peripheral canon but they had a chapter about exegol and it, it predated this by a long time it was like an ancient story but even back then you know you could say it's maybe a hundred years before uh i don't know who knows it, it was well before the skywalker trilogy but it was a place Do we that know convince or sorry, just to finish this is it dedicated yeah, yeah, to you ever to eternal life. Right. Do we know when Vader immortal takes place at, relative to these comics? I don't, but it's I between can... no, it's it. This is between these comics three take place after these, these comics take place after. So yeah, yeah. I, think I wonder been... how it's going to affect Vader to see these kind of these uh, cloning apparatus apparatus. And then understand that, like, there was no way to bring back Padme. You know what I mean? Like, that yeah. what, is that going to hit him? Like, there might be some science to bring people back that, like, some dark science that he sees here that he's like, wait, this could be used instead of whatever the Starfire rock that he found on Mustafar yes. or whatever, whatever he's trying to investigate that he thought could be able to, yeah. could bring right. back. Right. Momin, like, Momin, and the, um, yeah, Momin, like, like all these kind of portals. stuff everything he was looking at to be like how could we bring her back or how yeah. could i be get in touch with her again and then now he sees all this this dark science and he's like is he going to think about padme in that moment is is he going to think about the life he wanted to save in that moment and things like that like that's yeah that'll be interesting to see could be, there's uh, a possibility yeah. that the cloning comes later and that it's not there but i'd guess if they yeah i don't think any of that stuff's going to be there i agree with you i don't think i really don't feel like that stuff's there at this point you I think don't he's think gonna so, see yeah. the jib arm, but it's maybe like he'll see the hand. Maybe, sweet, maybe like, Luke's hand will come back. It on poster. Maybe now, if I, you're gonna bring Luke's hand back in, why not do it in the comics? Because it's a pulpy. Yeah. That's so pulpy. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I would be surprised. I think the cloning stuff hasn't kicked in yet because I think he still thinks he's gonna jump into someone's body. So I think I think that comes apart. That comes into place more when he is. I don't know. Yeah, it's more guess, like the, yeah. the cloning stuff is a band-aid, right? But yeah. the thing that's really going to make him live forever is this Sith magic around this base around this temple, I think. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's this ritual that I still don't really understand, but essentially he can his essence is there lightning suck. crackling on the surface like it was in when Kylo was there? Like no, it's, it's pretty not... clear. It's a nice yeah. day. It was a nice day in Exegol. Good beach yeah. weather. <laughs> <laughs> tough uv rays so yeah. yeah 
slight not a lot of protection from the UV. Thirty percent chance of Suma Verminoth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I wonder what happens there if that gets activated at some point. And those statues are we going to get a better look at those statues in the comics? Are, we, are there going to be some? I hope so. I want to see that There's... elevator in like better detail. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see all of that in better detail in the comics just to agree. What's going on in there? There were a lot of cultists there in the movie, though. I was surprised how many people, like how many groupies Palpatine had. There yeah. were quite a bit. Yeah. It'll be great to see some of them. I mean, I hope Vader <laughs> fights his way through there. It'd be great to see <laughs> Sith acolytes again. Like, I haven't seen him since, I don't know, like Force Unleashed or something. But, right. Um, that right. was so awesome stuff. So Deserves. we know the Knights of Ren are like renegade, you know, renegade outfit. Uh, they kind of like, I guess, followed the rule of like like Snoke, like Snoke controlled them or something. I don't, I don't know. Kind of... It was introduced to us as though they were um, rogue. They were just like a yeah, it was rogue, rogue bandit group, you know, yeah. of dark side wielders that were just like pretty malevolent and out for personal gain. Right. Marauders or whatever. So I, I don't know. It'd be great if we, we had some origin story of Knights of Ren dovetail out of this somehow, but um, yeah, I don't know, but they, they definitely like, if you look at the cover for the next episode, the, it definitely has some uh, Knights of Ren swag on, on some of these cultists. Yep. That could be cool. Yeah, yeah. More red lightsabers, and uh, uh, is when does Snoke a... begin, guys? When was Snoke born? What's that date? Uh, what's what's the second season of the Mandalorian? That's ten years ABY. Oh, so it's ten nine years, years ABY. <laughs> yeah, nine years ABY is when it starts, so it can't much be much longer than that. So. And, and you're just saying it, he ages exponentially, and that's yeah. why he's kind of okay. Yeah. Sure. Because they they mess with that. Or he was just like, he was grown sort of to be a full like. But wouldn't it be fun if it was just after Empire and before Return of the Jedi? Because that's when the hand could have been cut off and you could have cloned a Snoke or something. Yeah. In this time, isn't this the perfect time? (laughs) This is the perfect time. If they're gonna do it, dude, it's ripe. It's ripe. I mean, I have no problem with that. And in fact, that sounds so whatever. I love that. (laughs) I love that. And I think they should totally do that because that would give such a fascinating twist to the sequel trilogy that's like (laughs) underneath it. Like, that's such a really weird be like, because you'd be be that nerd to be like, do you know that's actually a corrupted uh, clone? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Whispering that. Yeah. Yeah. That's too good. That would be amazing. I'm all for that. Yeah, me too. I'm on board. That'd be like a secret handshake among Star Wars people. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a deep cut. <laughs> he sometimes went by Luke. Luke, yeah. They're like, no, Snoke is better. Okay, Snoke. <laughs> yeah, Snoke. Snoke. Well, that's the thing is, Snoke is the reboot of Luke. Luke. Yeah, that's what it is. It's you. You've already seen what they've done. Yeah. If you have any questions? Google Luke with two U's. It's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah. But, and that's um, why there's new canon and everything was right. I keep bringing this up, but Maz Kanata's like, it's all in the eyes and looks at like Finn and Ray. And I was like, well, look at Snoke's eyes and then look at Mark Hamill's eyes and then just call me. Like, I'll give you my number <laughs> live on the podcast. That's great. That's great times. All right. Uh, I think we did it. Um, a lot of fun in the comics this week. It was great to just sort of 
binge through all these um, fun Star Wars content comics yeah. at the end of the week. Um, check them out if you haven't yet. Um, and next week we are going to get into uh, the finale of the Alphabet Squadron trilogy called Victory's, Victory's Price. Price. That's right, <laughs> Victory's Price. Um, I have yeah. it my Kindle right now. And um, now that we've recorded this uh, episode, I can safely dig into it and focus on that. So um, if you haven't yeah. gotten Victory's Price yet, go get it. It's going to be amazing if it's anything like the first two, which I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, Alexander Freed, right, is the author of this Correct. gem um, yeah. of all three. And uh, there will be space battles and there will be tomfoolery and it'll be great. Yeah, and good characters and good character development throughout these three in a way that yeah. is really thoughtful. Like, just there's, I'm a third of the way through this book, and they're doing some fun things with these characters we've grown to, you know, love and know over the past two books. Yeah, yeah, Will Lark at all, yep. and um, yeah, they actually left us with a cliffhanger in um, the last book, so I'm looking yeah. to digging into that. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to us. We really appreciate it. Um, we will talk to you again next week. And may the Force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Always.